Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the ME7, the podcast. Gillingham defeat AFC Wimbledon by one goal to nil at Priestfield Stadium. A late, late winner from Conor Masterson, and where it ended up being, I think, the 110th, 111th minute, if you like, of the game. But really, it's about the 85th or 86th. But given what happened, that's the circumstances we were in. Um, yeah, a game that didn't really give much, from a Jules point of view, to promote optimism or anything like that. It wasn't a performance that I thought was particularly good today. I don't think we were really at it for large periods of the game. I think Wimbledon probably had the better of it and we'll be going going home tonight wondering how they've, uh, how they've left with nothing. But when you play badly and get results, those ones are often the ones that taste the sweetest and that's what happened tonight. We can't really say we dominated the whole game. We created a whole load of chances because we didn't, but we did create one and when it mattered, we managed to put it away, which is the most important thing. Um, it's only going to be a real short one today, probably about half an hour tops, given the time and people have things to do, etc. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll kick off with you, Lewis. Uh, just give us your, firstly, your overall thoughts on the performance and obviously the result in the end. Good evening, everybody. Um, yeah, it's a weird feeling, really. I think you could sort of sense out of full time that we were quite bad and everyone sort of understands... Well, you'd like to think most people understand where we're at. Um, I tweeted after the game saying, you know, we're in such a period of transition where we're getting mixed performances, we're getting mixed tactics. You know, saw that again tonight. Mixed results, really. I think it's 1 3, lost 3 in all competitions for Clements now. Um, you know, this sort of journey with our new manager is a risk, and, you know, we're go- it's going to take time, et cetera, et cetera. We all know that. Um, you know, he's still learning a lot. We're learning a lot about him as well. I think the team is as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think we were disappointed tonight. We were really poor. Um, obviously, did well to get the clean sheet and get the result. That's all that matters in the end. But I think you could tell as well at full time that a lot of people sort of thought, you know, we got way over one there because we weren't great, but we got the win because we've not been great for, you know, I'd say more often than not under Clements. And although that is a, bit of a worry um you know the results that we're, we're picking up some are fine you know Salford first off we were crap still got the win today we were crap still got the win um and you could tell by the sort of players reactions you know no fist bumps nothing like that that you know <clears throat> hopefully people understand where we're at and that we're in transition and it might not work it might work so far it's not been great on the field at all but you know the win's the win and I think that was needed after Saturday as well, where I think we massively let ourselves down and we were really disappointing um, with the result and performance. So, yeah, at least we got the win. But I think there's a few things to be concerned about in terms of the performances. But, you know, that's not for thinking about tonight, I don't think. Yeah, Matt, there's quite a few changes um, in this game. We saw the return of uh, Timothy Dieng into the, into the starting eleven for the first time in a while, obviously with the injury as well. Jaden Clark came back in and Max Aimer was the big call, if you like, to, to come back into the starting eleven. Uh, I suggested on Saturday night when I was in here for a brief period of time that I think Max probably deserves to have that start now because I think defensively we've been a bit shaky in recent weeks. I thought he did really well tonight. Um, but yeah, as, as the game overall, I know obviously we won the game. It was quite a disappointing performance but not a disappointing result but what are your main takeaways from tonight because I think I'm, I'm with Lewis really well. I don't really know how to feel other than you know happy we got the win but other than that I'm a bit downbeat by the performance but in the end I don't really care about that as long as we get the win Do you know what I, I've got to say I'm going to slightly disagree with you guys because 
what I did see was there was positives there. It was just that last ball, that final ball was just lacking. But but the ideas for getting into those positions are great. I do think, you know, there was a couple of times when we should have sped up play a bit more. When um, yeah, A couple of instances when Jake had the ball and then there was just a really slow build-up letting sort of AFC Wimbledon get back into their shape. But I, I can see what I think Clements is trying to do. Unfortunately, a lot, a lot of our Jules fans, our Jules faithful, are going to get extremely frustrated because it's not fast attacking end-to-end football like the bloke that sits behind me shouts every five minutes, get forward, get forward. Look, at the end of the day, football is an extremely hard game. You've had a new manager come in, you've had an old style, you've got a new style to try and pick up. I think it can eventually work. I don't, I'm not going to say it's necessarily going to kick in in the next couple of days or the next couple of games, but... I think eventually once Stephen Clements can can embed it in even more in, and ingrain it even more into that team, I, I think I'm starting to see what he's trying to achieve. The only thing I think we're lacking at the moment is an out-and-out goal scorer. But, look, I said it in our little group chat, within 10 seconds of having two people up top, we went ahead and scored a goal. Yeah, we did... Um... Obviously, from a set piece, Conor Mahoney just came off. I wasn't so happy about that at the time, but it was a good ball in. And obviously, McCauley gets his head to it and it's then diverted in by um, by Conor Martin. I wasn't sure if he actually touched it at the time, but it looks like it did on the replays. Um, Elliot, we'll bring you in. This is your first time on the space, I believe. Um, we've been trying to get you on and talking talk to him in the DMs a few times about getting you on. And you're here now, so obviously, I'm assuming you were there tonight. What was your take on the performance? Edit's still muted. Edit, if you can hear us, you just unmute yourself. He, he, he's done a classic, Matt, and uh, not unmuted himself. All right, we'll come back to Edit in, in just a minute. Uh, Lewis, um, let's get your take on the changes then that were made, obviously, as I mentioned. Um, oh, Edit, are you with us? No, okay. Lewis, um, yeah, so the changes that were made, Tim Deanne came in, um, Jaden Clark came in, Max Amer came in. Were you, were you surprised by any of those selections or were you... I know I saw, I saw your tweet when the team came out. You weren't seemingly too happy with it, but what did you make of um, the decisions made by by Clemens to bring those people in, Amos specifically, which was probably the bravest of the calls to make? Yeah, I was I was shocked um, to see Max Amer in there. I didn't I wasn't on Saturday night when you said you mentioned he deserves a start. Um, I tweeted after the game actually. He's quite a curious case really because I don't think he's great. He's he's quite hot and cold. He's not a modern centre back. Thought we'd actually almost seen no minutes under Clements, actually, because, you know, well, what we thought from the first few games is that Clements sort of wanted to play with keeping the ball. Tonight, he seemed to go more direct a lot more often. I don't know if that's something that he's adapting, if it was specific to Wimbledon or, you know, he's trying to learn and pick up a few things and adapting his approach along the way. But I didn't think Aimer would see many minutes because he's not great with the ball. But, yeah, he, he came in... Um, I'm surprised it was for Ogie because I think Ogie's been one of the best centre-halves in the league this season. But, you know, Masterson, you know, we know what he's about. He's got the reputation. He's got the um, the pedigree, I suppose, of, of how good he is. And we know that. Um, we know how good Max and Connor were together last season. So, it, it makes sense. Um, and, yeah, the stats don't lie that we normally keep a clean sheet when Max Lamer plays. So, although he's not pretty... Um, 
thought he was really good tonight, perhaps bar, bar one or two moments. And yeah, probably the best player for me. So, you know, it worked out. We'll probably have a run in the team now. Um, we'll see how that impacts the way Clemens wants to play. But, you know, it was a big call and he obviously got it right. Um, surprised to see Dieng in because I thought we really, really, really lacked sort of a bit of positive approach from midfield, really, where, um, you know, at least when Lapsy is in the team, although he has struggled in a dual shirt, I think you can always tell that he wants to run forward and he wants to, you know, almost make those late runs from midfield. Um, you know, we never really seen him play so deep for Gilles until Clemens came in. And with Dieng and Jeffries, Dieng was trying to do that a little bit, but I don't think he had his, his best game either, to be fair. And yeah, the other one, Jaden Clark, you know, a little bit of directness with him you'd hope for. But, you know, again, I think he struggled as well. And I called the changes to my dad, who I sat with just before they happened in terms of, you see Lapsley and Williams coming on. And I thought, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious who it's going to be for. Um, so they, they were probably two calls that were, were wrong tonight. But, you know, you live and you learn. It's really surprised to see Johnny Williams out of the team because I think he's been our best player under Clement so far. But, yeah, is what it is. Um, you learn to adapt and stuff. Like I say, there's, there's been a lot of changes um, in so many ways in terms of personnel. He's mostly played 4-3-3, slash 4-2-3-1 if you like. But in terms of like tonight, he was more direct. He changed the personnel again, you know. Saturday, we'll, we'll probably see Bond start because he, he had an impact when he came on for Nichols, even though Nichols was great against Salford. And, you know, I think we're still trying to experiment with what we can do best. And it is a journey and every day is a step forward, I suppose. But, yeah, in terms of the, in terms of the changes, I was a bit surprised, to be fair. And I suppose you could say one of them worked, two of them didn't. And we'll, we'll probably see them reversed Saturday, I would imagine, unless he thinks, you know, Charlton or a league above us, it's better to have Dieng in there for his defensive work. But, you know, in terms of suggesting what our best team is, I think you'd probably say right now that the changes that came in the second half rectified a, a mistake um, from the start rather than rather than the, 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 the inclusion of Dieng and Clark having an impact. But, yeah, in terms of Amar, I was surprised. I didn't think he'd see minutes at all, but I thought he was our best player tonight. Eddie, are you with us now? Yeah, sorry guys, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great. Yeah. Right, um, brilliant. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you in to discuss the first half. Uh, we'll move on to that now. Um, firstly, what, what did you make of how we set up in the first half? Because to me, it looked a bit lethargic. I thought first five or so minutes, we, liked to get the, we wanted to get the ball forward. We had sort of a half scuff chance from Nichols, which was easily claimed by the keeper. But I think after that, it was very much a lot of our possession was in our own half without really affecting anything or damaging uh, Wimbledon. But I think there's a period probably halfway through to the end of the first half where they seemed to take a lot of control. They were getting in behind the sides and the final ball, much like us for most of the game, just wasn't really there for them. And it did seem for a bit like it was a moment of time before they were going to get one of those right and we'd be in trouble. Thankfully, it didn't turn out that way. But what what did you make of what was um, a fairly lethargic first half performance from us? Well, I'm going to start off with a, a little bit of a disappointment, guys. Uh, I didn't actually watch most of the game, believe it or not. I was actually still stuck at work, so I only saw the last sort of 15 minutes of it. But um, if I could go quickly back to a point made about the, the team selection, I, I genuinely thought that we would go with Max Amar tonight, and um, I was actually quite happy that he was included. And that's to say that someone on Twitter actually got it spot on by saying that I think 
Ogie is sort of one of those players that, although he's been absolutely phenomenal for us, probably player of the season, I do believe he sort of plays in his own bubble every now and then. Not really like a cohesive uh, unit with the back four. So bringing Amar back in was was actually a good good shout and it worked out okay. Um, but in terms of, like say, your question in the first half, um, only going by reports, to be honest, mate. So luckily I missed most of the game. I only saw the last 15 minutes. But it was a lucky first half period to miss. So we'll bring that on to you instead, Matt. What were your thoughts on the first 45? <clears throat> Look, I've said it before. I thought there was some good ideas trying to be created on the pitch, but they just weren't being pulled off. I mean, I would say in terms of sort of levels, I don't know if you can say the cold was affecting them or what, but yeah, they weren't definitely at 100% in that first half. It was a bit... Sort of bit of a bitty game, you know. I, I don't think they really threatened much. Um, I mean, look, I rate uh, Al Hamadi, their number ten up front, and uh, Bugle. I think they're quite a good forward pairing, but I think our defence pretty much stood stern and, and kept them quiet. The passing around in the back and the moving forward and the looking for spaces. I said, I think that was the ideas are there, but the actual finished article isn't there yet. And I think once that does click, it started to click a little bit better with that. I think in the second half. Once it kicks starts clicking all the time, I do think we've got a good team here. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I know it was a boring first half and it was a bit busy and there wasn't really many chances to speak of as such. I think that's credit to at least our defence because we kept two informed strikers quiet for the whole, you know, that whole uh, 45 minutes. Uh, I don't, uh, but British Steelers, I'm not entirely sure. I saw some people say after the game that we kept old Al Mohamedi or El Hamadi, sorry, and, and Bogle quiet for the whole game. I, d- I didn't really see it like that, to be honest. I thought Bruegel in particular was a lot, did a lot of good work in the first half in terms of link-up play to get it wide from having it to feet to putting it wide to try and get the ball back into the box. From the wide play, I think El Hamadi was vibrant. He was a threat, could run with the ball. I, I don't think we kept them quiet per se, but we were more just lucky in the first half, in my opinion, that Wimbledon just couldn't really get the final ball right. Yeah, I think to be fair, overall, it was two, two pretty poor teams on the night. Um, in terms of performances or, or where we're at, whatever you like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't forget on quiet. Um, especially, I, I can't, I can't remember his name. I have to apologise, but the, the number ten who everyone waxes ly- lyrical about, um, thought he's quite lively. I spoke to a member of the Wimbledon media team at half time who, who I know, and I sort of said to him like, "How's stuff going on with the club?" And he said he thinks he'll play in the Premier League one day. So pretty high praise. I know other other fans of other teams as well wax lyrical too. Um, <clears throat> was it him that hit the post? I can't remember, but he seemed to sometimes try and do quite a lot on his own. It was, yeah. Yeah, he, he sometimes tries to do quite a lot on his own and didn't always come off. But I thought on the whole, we defended quite solidly. You know, we mentioned Aimer earlier that when he plays, we, we tend to keep a clean sheet. You know, if you think of the games at the start of the season where he's playing with Ogie, um, back in the last season where he was playing with Masterson and obviously tonight. So, I guess we've got three centre-backs to rotate now. But, yeah, I don't think it was the most confident performance going forwards or backwards, to be fair. But I don't think Wimbledon were great either. They've obviously got a couple of players, like you mentioned, who can who can have the those little bits of individual quality and show that. But I suppose that wasn't shown as, as often tonight. And probably a combination of decent defending and poor attacking play 
um, to be fair. But yeah, the first half was was bad from both teams. I think it was bad. Yeah, let's go on to the second period because it wasn't really too much in depth to go on in the first half performance. Like Lewis says, it was one slightly better team than the other, but both teams by no means set the world alight. Um, I did expect there to be a change at um, at the interval because the first half for me was a lot of us keeping possession in our own half then who forward eventually to Nichols who isn't going to win a header against the two centre-halves that Wimbledon had. So I thought we'd naturally go to a two and try and force the issue a bit. We didn't do that until, I don't know, the 99th minute or something like that. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, yeah, were you surprised, Matt, that there wasn't really any changes at the at the interval because I think we could see from from a fan's point of view that we looked a bit lethargic. We didn't we looked a bit off the pace, didn't look like we were going to create anything anytime soon. And we would have thought that getting someone up with, with Nichols giving him that support would have been potentially the key to us gaining control in the game and creating chances. Yeah, I mean I I, I thought there'd be a change well, if not straight away within the first, you know, maybe five, ten minutes just to see if AFC Wimbledon had had changed uh, at all, but yeah, I was a bit shocked that um, that you know it, it took so long to bring one on because I say I think you're right. You know, you when we were playing those long balls when it was going up to Nichols. I mean, I know a couple of points. Dieng kind of sort of became the target man, um, and and sort of yeah, they were sort of aiming for him for the flick on. But I don't think that was working very well. I mean, yeah, whenever it was going to Nichols, yeah, that. Nichols is going to give you 110% and try and win that ball for you, but bless him, he's cross at nothing. You know what I mean? He's not going to beat those those two giant centre-backs. So, yeah, it's just the fact that it took him so long to change it up. Look, he's, he's his own manager. He knows what he wants. He's going to do how, you know, he's going to coach the team and he's going to make the subs how he feels best. But, yeah, I just feel something should have changed a little bit sooner than, than when it did. Yeah, certainly it wasn't uh, a performance in the first half that really warranted the same level stand on the pitch, in my opinion, but it did. And, you know, the second half, Lewis, we, again, I think Wimbledon, on, on, when you look back, they had the better chances of, of the whole game, um, especially after the floodlight failure. They seemed to take the initiative, got close a couple of times. And, you know, we there was one moment in the second half that I can remember from an attacking point of view, I think we lapsed, he headed the ball into the ground from not far out and didn't as a goalkeeper at all but other than that I don't think there was really anything that recreated I can't remember having a shot any point prior to the floodlight failure and it seemed like it was going to be best case scenario a draw for us at that point were you sort of frustrated by you know the, the way we, we approached the game in the second half because we still didn't really look at it until we made the double substitution which brightened up us up a bit but then obviously not long after that the floodlight failure happened yeah I posted as well um that you know, I don't think playing two strikers automatically makes you more attacking, and I don't think that we were. Well, I don't think Clements intends on doing that long term. I know a lot of fans have called out for it for a bit more support, but you often get managers that want to keep the ball and play the ball on the floor, play one up front, and you know they like to play four three three, which we've seen. I said before, we've not really seen a, a flat out four three three as a home team at Priestfield in years, really. Um, if ever, um, in my time going. But if that's not working, you've got to mix it up. And I'd thought when Nichols went off, you know, a few fans weren't happy with, with him being the one to make way for Nadison. And, you know, I thought surely at some point he's got to go to up front. You know, it's it's just a different approach to a game where you can attack in a different way. And, you know, you don't have to stick to 
to one up front forever. But, you know, it didn't come until the goal. Um, when obviously Bond came on and sort of played with Nadison, I suppose. But yeah, we really didn't create much. I think you're right in saying as well that Wimbledon took the initiative and, you know, I said to my dad that I didn't think we were going to score. I thought it was either going to be nil-nil or, or they were going to score because, you know, I've seen that script a few times as well. But I suppose you could look at it in two ways. You could look at it as a, <coughs> excuse me, as a disappointing second half or you could look at it as we showed strong character. Sorry, I'm just choking. Give me one second. Please take over. <laughs> can can I just actually say one of the things that I actually noticed straight away was when um uh, when the sub was made when uh, he brought Nichols off and he brought Madison on um the reaction I think from the crowd kind of uh, speaks uh, speaks volumes the uh, the the burying because I think I don't we're not we're not booing obviously Madison coming on we're we're glad Madison you know he's back and he's fit and he's available but. I think the crowd were telling you, telling Stephen Clements right there and then, we needed to go two up top. Yeah, I, I wasn't particularly pleased about that decision, but you know, it was you can say it worked out in the end, I suppose, by the scoreline. But I think it only really got better once we put the two up top together, which you know, obviously came Macaulay Bond came on. Um, Eddie, what sort of point in the game did you start uh, being able to watch? It was just after George Lapsley missed the absolute sitter from six yards, headed it straight at the keeper. Well, I'll make that about... That was after the floodlight fade, wasn't it? It was probably about 70 minutes, I think that was, if I can get my head around that. So did you yeah. see the opportunity for Wimbledon where they had the ball in um, into the back post and it was James Tilly, who sort of... From where we were, the Raider men looked like he missed it from the, literally the goal line. We saw the ball come into the back post and we thought he just headed it down and in, but he seemed to almost clear it and you know from the rain of men you can't really tell I suppose too clearly but it looked as if it was a an absolute sitter yeah yeah well we did get away with it a couple of times as well with the Al Hamadi by the way I really rate rate him he's he's scored a, a hat full of goals hasn't he so as I say it's an it's important clean sheet um and then obviously um yeah they did have their chances Wimbledon so it wasn't easy what I would go back to say Lewis was talking about the um the one up top and I'm you know a lot of people are pushing for two up top and and I get that but I genuinely think I thought at the start of the season that this squad would suit that five in midfield that Lapsley Johnny Williams behind Mahoney behind with that one up top so for me I, I just don't I can't really see why it's not fully clicking yet but um yeah maybe we'll have to go two up top at some point but yeah yeah I, I watched uh I guess I watched the bits where it became a very open game at the end where Wimbledon could have scored uh, hitting the post as well and then and then eventually we're nicking it, us nicking it at the end. Yeah, it did turn into a bit of a basketball game near the end, Eddie. Yeah, there was obviously that chance you just mentioned from El Hamadi who hits the inside of the post. He was causing himself to be a bit of a menace throughout that second half. I, I really was impressed by his quick turn of pace whenever he got the ball. His one touch gone. He left Marston for dead once or twice, got past Aimer and he sort of thought he was going to get clipped at some point and we took the yellow card, but we couldn't quite manage to catch him and he was proven to be a real um, real menace and that shot that hit the post was... Um, was a very uh, whisker away from Wimbledon taking the lead. And at that point, I don't think it would have been particularly unjust considering the chances they created in comparison to ours. But, Eddie, at the uh, 
the moment did come um, for us, funnily enough. You wouldn't be thinking it if you were a neutral. Um, just a few minutes later, it's down as 83 minutes. I think we know it more as 110 minutes or whatever it was in the end. Um, the substitution was made with uh, Macaulay Bond coming on to a place called Mahoney. There wasn't particularly a lot of admiration for that in terms of the player who was coming off because we had a free kick in a dangerous position and Connor is probably our best set-piece specialist. Um, it wasn't really a shooting opportunity like the one on Saturday, but you back him to get in a good delivery, but it was Johnny Williams who uh, crossed it in. And I couldn't tell at the first time. I still can't really tell looking back, but I do think I'd edged more towards it being Marston who got the touch on it. It was a first touch of the game from Macaulay Bond. He edited it across goal. I think it was probably a shot. And Marston, I think, just prods a leg at it, just gets enough contact to divert it past Alex Bass. And at that point, Edith, you're thinking, we haven't been great all game, but we've got the moment that matters and you know we're going to take it. And how much of a... How much um, credit does does go to go, go to Macaulay Bond for that because he's, he's one that's been a bit of a polarising figure so far in his time at Jill. Some love him, some hate him. You know, I've heard some horrible shouts about him in terms of his ability, which I think are way wider the mark. But he comes on uh, in the dying embers of the game. His first touch of first touch of the game, we, I thought it was a goal, but his first touch of the game sets up the winner. And, you know, in terms of instant impact, you can't get much closer than that, can you? No, uh, I'll be honest. I'm I'm a big fan of, of Macaulay Bond. Um, ever since we've signed him. Um, I've got this running joke with a Charlton fan from work who absolutely slags him off at every opportunity. Um, so I was a little bit gutted that he was the one that didn't get the goal, to be honest. Um, it was definitely a touch from Masterson. You can tell as well, Mike Masterson ran away and um, I think Bond was sort of like pointing to him or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely Masterson's goal. But... Um, yeah, Macaulay Bond, what an impact, you know. And it's not just that, he was just, he came on, he was harrying, he was just putting like every sinew in his body to try and to try and get the get to the ball and protect that lead. And yeah, I think he's getting a little bit of uh, criticism based on the, mis- the amount of missed chances. But for me, he's that one player, uh, that one striker that we've got at the moment, or certainly fit striker that will get into a position to miss those chances. And I just I still think that one, one maybe two goals and he'll kick start. He'll have a good second half of the season. So big impact tonight. Obviously, it doesn't, doesn't really matter who scored in the end. It's a massive three points for us. It's, it's huge and, uh, and, a, and a big clean sheet. But yeah, Macaulay Bond, I think, will definitely start on Saturday now. And it's, uh, you know, it's a big opportunity for him, Johnny Williams and George Lapsley against uh, their former employees. And um, yeah, good, uh, hopefully we can, we can give them a good game because it's a, basically a free hit Saturday now. Yeah, Lewis, do, do you agree with that in terms of McCall has potentially earned his way into the starting eleven? He didn't come on until, well, well when the game was well long gone on, on Saturday against Tranmere, not enough time at all to make an impact and, Obviously, there was clamours for him to come on early on in that game to make it two up top. It didn't happen, and, and obviously the game was taken away from us very early in the second half. But today he comes on, makes a difference straight away, gets the assist for, for Marston's goal. And really, I just thought when he came on, I thought, well, we'd miss someone who's been able to be a nuisance in the box and win those headers, etc. I know Nadison won a couple when he came on, but I always look at Bond when he when he comes on in games. I think we just immediately improve as a team. I think he just is that kind of player. Yes, he does miss chances, but he's also able to make a difference in, in big moments and he did that again tonight. So do you think he's he's probably one who's going to be coming out of today with the biggest shout, along with probably Jordan Williams as well, I'd say, to be back in the team on Saturday? Yeah, apologies to everyone for choking. It was literally just on water as well, which is ironic, but 
hopefully I'm right now. Um, yeah, I think I think I think Bon definitely put his hand up. I think Clement sort of acknowledged almost that he got the call wrong with Clark and um, Dieng. Definitely, obviously, Lapsley and Williams in there. Um, I know you obviously you can sort of cater yourself to your opponents as well, but obviously sometimes yourself outweighs that as well. Thought it was a bit weird that Bond didn't play with us seeming to be going a bit more direct. Be really interested to see the long ball numbers tonight compared to Clements' previous games, um, particularly the the Salford and the um, Wrexham, not not Wrexham, yeah Wrexham games, because um, obviously we know Bond is Bond strong in the air and. Obviously, Nad- Nadison came on first instead of him as well. And again, I know it's not as simple as put your best striker on. You know, maybe Clement saw something that he thought Nadison could benefit from with the way we were playing or the way that Wimbledon was set up. But I do think it's a bit strange that Bon has seen limited minutes since dropping out the side, really. Um, I think a lot of us are in agreement that he's our best all-rounder striker. You know, he's not been perfect in terms of... <laughs> finishing chances and, and sticking a car in the wall but you know he's a really good striker at this level and I think he is probably the one that is going to play up front against Charlton you know it's harsh on Nichols a lot of us would like to see Nichols and Bond play together you know I don't even know if you've seen that yet to be fair but yeah he's, he's a good player and I agree with you I mean that we, we always look better when he comes on um, I've queried a lot whether Nichols is best playing up front on his own whether that's his fault or not I think the answer is probably not but yeah, on his own, Bond's definitely better. As you said, he gets a lot of criticism that I think is extremely harsh and um, ignorant almost, I suppose. But yeah, I definitely think he's put his hand up and it's good to see him back involved. And obviously, I know I, I, know I had a little, not dig, but comment to Matt because Matt said in the group chat that we put two up front and we scored seconds later. Obviously, it came from a set piece, but um I think it was James uh, Cleal said in the group chat that, you know, bring another person striker on, you know, it puts it in, in the mind, I suppose. It, it signals the intent and as well, you get to see his ability in terms of getting up, winning that header. Um, I think Conor Marston definitely got a touch, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a really good striker. I just think that's the bottom line, really. And, you know, when you're not scoring goals, I suppose the striker's going to come under criticism. You know, he's missed his fair share of chances, but yeah, overall, he's definitely our best striker and he should be he should be starting up front going forward, in my opinion. Yeah, Matt, the, the goal obviously came against the right of play. Wimbledon had made all the best chances up until that point, really. But when you win games when you don't really deserve to, they are probably the best feeling ones after a game. And, you know, we can walk away tonight probably feeling a bit lucky that we didn't, we, we got something from the game. Never know, never that. We got something from the game, uh, let alone a victory, because uh, then uh, the game went. But there's still signs for you that you know the performance today wasn't particularly convincing from your point of view. And you know if we are to remain in the playoff places, because we are into seventh now, but weirdly enough, the, the gap between seventh and sixth is now five points. Uh, not counting the team above us, so it's going to be if things carry on in the stride they are. It really looks like it might be a dogfight between everyone from seventh and below to get that that playoff spot because. You know the, the others tend, tend to pull away. Um, then it could be a a real big dogfight, and to to get into those spots, we need to not only put in more convincing performances like that at home, and although we got the victory today, but certainly improve away as well. So it's it's a good night tonight, but there is still a lot of a uh, lot of work to be done, especially with January coming soon as well. 
Absolutely, there is. And look, you know, the, the, the biggest problem with this league is anyone can beat anyone. Um, look, look at the results tonight. You know, um, there, 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 there are some shocks, shocks uh, that are going to happen. The problem is we still need to keep winning games. We still need to keep picking up points. We still need to be at least in touching distance by January because I think January is going to be so important. Look, I, I, I'd hoped, I, you know, I, I really did hope Macaulay Bond would have been sort of, you know, could have been the answer. I was kind of pleased when we signed him. But I still think we need somebody that, you know, we know is going to give us 20 goals a season, you know. OK, I know we've got the half the season go, but we need that striker in the box. We also need leaders on the pitch. But January is going to be big. We don't need quantity. We need the quality. That's that's the key thing for January. But if we are adrift at that point, we can forget about going up this season. But we need to be at least in touching distance. Look, you, you say there's five points between us and whoever it is. And I think it's then six points slow to automatics. It's that tight up, up at the top. If we can get a good two or three wins coming up over the next games that we've got coming. Uh, 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 um, and obviously we've got Charlton at the, uh, next weekend. But if we can get a good three or four you know, wins before Christmas we are going to still be there and January, if we can get, say, some good quality in the building, I think we should still be okay. Well, that's it, isn't it, um, Elliot? I'll put this to you as well, Lewis, just after Elliot's uh, finished giving his take on it. Um, I know a lot of people are pretty desperate for a 20-goal season strike or this, that, the other, but my only worry is if you know we spent the whole summer chasing off Alfie May, it seems to be, he didn't get it done, he's gone to Charlton and scored, I think he's 16th and 17th goals um, of the season so far. And my main worry, especially with your FFP and things like that, is if we tried all summer to get a proven striker, we couldn't manage to do it. Surely the chances of that are lessened even more when you look at trying to do it halfway through a season. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good question, actually. Like, I was going to pick up on what Matt was saying, actually, and he, he, he was spot on, you know. Although it's five points to six, I do believe it's six points to second as well. So if we can keep close, you know, keep as close as we can to those 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 play, those in the playoffs, uh, then we've got a chance, every chance. And we don't need a complete overhaul. What we do need is, I believe, a lot more pace in the team um, out wide and... I'm not sure. I think there's a uh, there, I think there's a goal scorer in Macaulay Bond. We just need to create a lot more, and that was pace out wide. I do believe we need a ball winning centre midfielder as well, possibly, um, as well as a bit more power up front. If Ollie Hawkins is not going to be fit, um, but what we do need is to go on a run. Um, we haven't been on a winning run since the first four games of the season. Um, since then, it's been the odd win and then loss, win, loss. We need to start picking up consistent wins. And uh, yeah, like I'm not so sure how we stand on the the, the FFP rules or, or whatever. But um, yeah, we spent a lot of the summer trying to try what would have been an unbelievable signing in Alfie May. Um, and yet again, he, he's gone on an unbelievable goal-scoring run for Charlton. So we've missed out there. But we, we have got, I do believe we've got some money there. But I don't know whether we, where we stand with the FFP rules. Yeah, Lewis? Sorry, mate, can you re repeat the question? 
They were basically talking about um, the need that everyone talks about in terms of wanting a 20-goal-a-season striker and how my concern is personally that given we spent the whole summer chasing Alfie May, couldn't get it done and you know couldn't find that marquee signing, if you like, 20-goal-a-season striker, surely that as a want that a lot of people have as Jules fans is going to be even more difficult to do, both with the FFP in, in our division and the fact that obviously it's going to be, you'd expect a lot harder to convince someone and pay a fee for someone who's going to be scoring in, scoring goals consistently at this level when you're halfway through a season already. Look, yeah, I'd imagine it's impossible for for that to happen mid-season. You know, it's hard enough in, in January, let alone... No, hard enough in summer, let alone in January. Um, obviously, it's the thing everyone wants. I don't, I don't think we've got that at the minute. You know, I wonder what McCauley Bond would be on if he had scored a few more chances, because with that would come confidence. You know, more team selection uh, in terms of minutes, that sort of thing. Um, I don't think it's it's just a, a striker problem. Um, you know, we, we know it runs deeper than that. But yeah, January would be quite big. Um, <clears throat> Brad's spoken about trying to get a few more in. It, there won't be loads like last year. Obviously, it's a completely different situation where last year we were almost trying to sign as many players as possible to fix what was an absolutely awful team. Um, whereas this year, we probably do need... We do just need one or two um, to tighten a few screws. And if they're big statement signings, if that's possible, that's great. Obviously, we've got a lot of loans in the bank as well because we've only got one loan player so far. So... Yeah, January would be good. Um, I did say we wanted a backup centre-back because I didn't think Aimer could play the way that Clemens wants to play, but he seems to, to be up to the plate now after tonight. So I think we'll probably focus in a few more forward areas. I think we'll probably do a right-back, but we've got three people that can play there, so that won't be the focus. I think there'll be definitely a wide player or two. Um, a striker, and I agree with Elliot that we probably need a, a ball-winning midfielder and someone strong in there. Um, as well, but yeah, you know that that will come. We've got to look forward till till January first and see what we can do before that, and then we'll see where January goes. But it's obviously it's important to stay in touch, and even if we're not playing well, like tonight, you know, three points is three points. They'll they'll count the same. So massive three points against a team around us and a team that will be looking at those playoff spots. So it's a thumbs up. Trying to stay in touch until then. Especially to just end us off, really, for tonight. I know it's, well, it's midnight now, so we need to get off. Um, people have work, etc. Um, what would everyone go for in terms of their man of the match um, performance today? Uh, Elliot, we'll start with you from, from the 15 minutes you saw. Uh, definitely Macaulay Bond <laughs> for the short time there. Yeah, that's understandable. Given the circumstances, Matt. Hey, Matt. What did Max, you say, Max? Sorry, Max Amar. Okay. Lewis? Yeah, I did joke that Bond could have been given it because he was the one that, that made the difference, but it was Amos for me as well. I don't think many players are great, but Amos' performance did stand out. So, yeah, as big of a critic of him as I am, it's Max Amos for me. Yeah, I would certainly agree. Make it a hat-trick with Max Amos as our choice for man of the match today is joining and beat. AFC Wimbledon 1-0, um during floodlight failure, of course. It happened the first time, it was quite funny. It happened the second time, it wasn't funny. Don't do it again. Um, yeah, we'll leave you all for tonight as it is midnight, but thankfully we're leaving you with three points for the Jills. Um, very important win. But until next time, probably Thursday or Friday, we'll preview the FA Cup game against Charlton Athletic. Uh, we'll see you then. Good night and up the Jills. <laughs>